Hey guys, welcome into Fake Football Real People. In this podcast, we will discuss all things fantasy sports. Primarily, we will cover in-depth topics of fantasy football, including rankings of positions, weekly starts and sits, league improvements, analysis of players' performance, and conditions surrounding the sport. Also included in this podcast will be current news in the sports world, including basketball and the baseball seasons, as true fans of the sport, as well as weekly golf tournaments. Before I pass it off to Sam, let me introduce the team. I'm Garrett Morgan. We got Sam Clinch, Tyler Solis, we'll call him Solis, Rory Lara, and Tyler Enns, infamously known as Pins. Sam, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, we're just a group of guys that well, all of us besides Garrett went to high school together. Um, Solis actually started the first fantasy football league that I ever joined. Uh, I believe it was our freshman year of high school 11, 12 years ago. Um, kind of get, kind of got me introduced to uh, fantasy sports, and it's just kind of taken off from there. Um, we have good chemistry. We've been doing this together for a long time. Um, I think during our college days, we really started talking about doing a podcast and something that we thought would be a lot of fun. We thought we'd be pretty good at it since we do talk sports so much, specifically fantasy football. And we just, over the last two months, we just finally decided to do it and to jump into it and see see if we can throw some good content out there for everyone. So we're definitely going to take a deep dive um, into all fantasy matchups. We think we're going to be able to find, uh, provide very good fantasy content. I hope you can join in, have some fun with us, and we're definitely going to help a lot of people win some leagues and hopefully win a lot of money this year for for everyone. So join in and listen to us weekly. Um, before we get started, we're going to mention uh, fantasy scoring a lot and just know that we're always talking about PPR. If we are talking about standard league, we will specify that uh, before we say it. But uh, on tap uh, today for us, the topics are going to be, we're going to talk about the NFC West teams, specifically the Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, and 49ers. Uh, after we take a deep dive into this division, we'll also list a couple early sleepers that we like. Pence, why don't you get us started on the Rams? How's it going, guys? Uh, I'm going to kick us off with the Rams today. I'll jump straight into the QBs, Jared Goff. Um, in 2018, he finished QB7 um, on 561 attempts. They were very dominant offense. Gurley kind of, the ball went through Gurley. I think it helped Goff be super efficient. Uh, I mean, Gurley averaged like 4.8 yards a carry, and he was just like a touchdown like monster. In 2019, with uh, Gurley's injury, Goff took a step back in efficiency, finished QB 13, but he also did come in with 626 attempts, which is running backs only average with, between the three of them, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and um, I'm blanking for a Gurley. second, fellas. Gurley, I'm sorry, Gurley. Um, they only averaged three point yards a carry, um, which I think really took a damper on uh, golf's efficiency in total. But uh, he did throw the ball a lot. They Gurley's gone this year, so they picked up a rookie in Cam Akers. They still don't really have like a a for sure lead back yet. But what makes the Rams fantasy relevant is their their receivers. But b- before I really dive into those, I'm going to let Rory hop in and talk about the receivers. All right. So you touched on some really good points last year. They were slinging the ball around. They uh, finished sixth in pass attempts, uh, eighth in offensive plays, and seventh in total offense. So I had Cup finishing at fourth last year with uh, slightly over 1,100 yards and 10 TDs. To me, he looks like the clear-cut one in Los Angeles. Uh, golf loves him. He's going to go to him often, and it's going to be an all-year thing. I had him down for four weeks that he was a dud, so it looked like you could count on that guy week in and week out. Um, Robert Woods, he struggled a little bit early on, but he still has gotten 130 targets from uh, golf the last two years. He's not putting up the touchdown numbers, which is a little worrisome. But he's been there in the receptions. He's had a hundred. He's had a eleven hundred yards reception yards the last two years. Uh, and after week nine last year, if you look at the numbers he was putting up, he was he was crushing it for him. So I think uh, you look at around where those guys are getting drafted right now, especially Cup, and you're looking at an absolute steal coming out of that offense. 
I really, I really love the passing game. I, I, I saw they incorporated Higby a little bit last year after uh, Gerald Everett went down. Uh, I know Sam's got a little bit more. Sam, why don't you, why don't you let us know about uh, uh, Higby over there in Los Angeles? Yeah, for me, the Rams last year is kind of a tale of two seasons. They they started the year doing what McVay likes to do, which is zone blocking schemes and running a lot of three and four receiver sets. Problem is, they have a very old and unathletic line, and they just weren't very good at doing that. So they had they had to switch to a um, to a gap blocking scheme, and they ran a lot more twelve personnel, which is two tight end sets. Over the la- after the bye, they actually ran. Uh, 12 personnel 40% of the time, which was fourth most in the league. And they really didn't make any changes this offseason um, to address that. So I, I think they actually have to go back to that. And they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel again this year. During that time, you really saw Higby explode. To start the year, Everett was actually their the leader in targets for their tight end. He was their receiver. He He wasn't great, but he did have some some good games and showed some flash. And if you remember early in the season, he was actually a pretty hot uh, waiver ad. But like I said, during down the stretch, um, Higby exploded. He, he was putting up Gronk-like numbers. Um, he, he averaged 10.3 targets over the last six games. Now, Everett did miss three of those games, and he's going to be back this year. So it's going to be hard to, to see those numbers. But you're missing a lot of targets here with, with Gurley and, and Cooks being out and I think both these guys are actually going to play a lot, and they both have value. Higby's probably a top ten option going into the year, but I think Everett's a pretty good sleeper in deeper league. Spence, do you want to? What do you I, have? To, what do you think about the? I got, I got one thing to say about that. And man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm 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 pretty excited to watch Josh Reynolds in this offense. I mean, kind of. I don't think he's going to be the starstruck guy, but man's got hands like glue. I love him. But he, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Pence. Go ahead. He yeah. does, but I just don't. I don't think he sees the field that much with them running twelve personnel as much. I, if if this was the same offense three years ago and he was a number three receiver, I would definitely have some interest in him. But I don't see him getting enough playing time this year to be fantasy relevant unless Woods or or Cup goes down. Yeah, no, Sam. Like, Sam, you you think with those hundred and twenty six targets and them running that twelve personnel at the year, you think they keep Higby? and almost kind of that feature tight end role, even with Everett back? It, it's hard to say. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense with, with how good Higby played last year, but I've read some notes about McVay, and he spoke very glowingly of Everett um, this offseason. He said he, he has to do a better job of, of getting him involved. Um, Everett's a young tight end, and we've seen in the past it takes tight ends a while to kind of get their footing in the NFL and, and really take yeah. off, and – I think both those both these guys are in a really good position. It wouldn't surprise me to see Higby um, have more targets than Everett, but I think it's a lot closer than people think. Definitely agree. I think Higby can can put those Gronk type numbers up. He put up last year as well. Yeah, I, I like I like that. I think Everett's the more talented tight end overall. Um, so I mean, if he does get the targets that Higby did last year, I think he'd do more with it. Um, but let's get into the more uh, controversial topic with the Rams. Um, when they had Gurley, they put up a lot of numbers. Um, so, Lise, with the running back situation over there, who who's a clear-cut number one to you? And, and, I mean, how good can they actually be on that team? Yeah, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I'm honestly not the biggest fan of the Rams' backfield this year, and it's not because of the players. Uh, personally, uh, it's really it comes down to their line. Um, their offense, and and, and also we're talking PPR here, so running back targets. Um, I'll throw out a couple stats real quick. Um, I'm seeing different consists um, of O-line, and the Rams are seeing as the 31st following the 2019 season, uh, 27th ranked run blocking unit. Um, And then a couple different sites have the Rams um, rank of schedule as 32nd for running backs. None of those are good for Cam Akers or Darrell Henderson, to be completely fair with you. Um, as well as not a single running back last year finished with a higher with higher than four yards per carry. Um, so in general, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. Now, what I will get into some positives. Um, Gurley does vacate 223 character um, carries from 2019, as well as Gurley, Gurley had 54 touchdowns in the last three seasons. 
those TDs have to go somewhere. And whether that's in the pass game, the rushing, um, they've got to go somewhere. Um, my answer to your question, Pence, Cam Akers is my number one um, on, the, on the Rams offense in terms of rushing attack. Um, I do think Daryl Henderson plays into a factor, but um, overall Cam Akers is a better athlete. I think he's faster. Um, I think he has potential to, to really bloom. Um, I think a couple sides have his ADP as like 56.5. Um, personally, he's 30th on my board in terms of running backs. Um, I see him going in the seventh, eighth round, possibly earlier, depending on how your draft is going. Um, one perk for Akers is volume is king. So and I, I see him taking the majority of Gurley's important snaps uh, with Henderson, who I have on, um, 42nd on my board. So not terribly far off, um, which he, he may fall further as, as the, as the offseason continues. Um, but in general, I, I think Cam Akers takes that running back number one spot. One point I do want to point out to keep notice, um, target shares from uh, Goff and the Rams offense, wide receiver targets were at 64.4%. Um, tight end targets were at 25.6%. Running back targets were at a very low 10%. Um, that's extremely low across the board, um, and I, I don't think that that really helps their um, their fantasy value this year. Uh, I do have a quick question um, in terms of Cam Akers. Um, I, I want to assume that Cam Akers is the RB1 for everybody here on the Rams offense. Um, Sam, let me ask you this. Um, what do you think his floor ceiling is uh, for the 2020 fantasy football season? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, McVay's made some comments in the offseason that kind of leads people to believe that he may want to take a committee approach. I think I think he may do that early in the year, but I definitely think that uh, one of these backs takes over, and I think I think Akers is given every opportunity to do that. Like you said, volume's key. He could get 220 to 240 carries, but I don't think he sees that many targets. And like Penn said earlier, their backs last year averaged 3.8 yards per carry. I like Akers, but I don't think he's that good of a back that he's going to be able to make up for this. This is a really, really bad offensive line that's not running McVay's zone blocking scheme anymore. I, I, I don't know. I just – I'm off Akers. I don't like him at his current ADP. Um, I think a 1,000 yards rushing – Six touchdowns, 20 receptions is probably what he finishes with. Um, I mean, I guess his ceiling could, could be 1,200 yards with, with if he gets the volume, but I don't think any of these guys becomes fantasy relevant week in, week out. I think Akers probably finishes with close to seven 800 total yards and six touchdowns. I think if you're in a deep league, and I'm the type of guy that when I draft, I go wide receiver heavy because – I love that skill position. Um, looking at teams that have a committee running back, man, you're touched. You're touchdown hunting from these guys. I mean, honestly, they're. I mean, what do you say? They're they're getting Sully's what they're getting ten percent. Yeah, of if the, that of the targets. And that low. was because they were paying Gurley so much, and so they just figured they would throw to him. And and early in his career, he was extremely talented. Yeah, so, if you look at 2018, Gurley had around 80 targets. 2019, he had I want to say 30 ish. Yeah, pretty, I mean, pretty big dramatic. This, this drop. team, this team messing with running backs scares me. Yeah, I agree, guys. I'm going to finish this off with uh, one more point. Um, I do think golf um, is going to throw the ball a bunch. So, guys, buy stock in their receivers, buy stock in the tight ends. They're going to throw the ball over 600 times. I think that that's that's your your fantasy draw to the Rams this year. But to get off the Rams and move to the next subject, um, I'm going to pass it over to Sam to give us a little overview on the Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks, they're definitely a run-first team. Uh, I believe they were second in rushing attempts in uh, 2018, third last year. Uh, Russell's been in the bottom half of, of passing attempts every year, but he still managed to be a very consistent high-floor quarterback due to his efficiency. Um, last year, Garrett was all over DK, man. He was he was buying this guy from the jump. He was not scared off with the early uh, knee scope and, and preseason. When he had that knee scope, I just – I didn't like his upside. I, I, I didn't know if he was going to be able to take over that second wide receiver position immediately, and I just – I really wasn't buying in, and I should have. I mean, DK was, was a monster last year, and he was really good down the stretch. So, Garrett, what do you think DK's upside is this year? To try to not sound completely biased, I loved this guy. I mean, when he played for Ole Miss in, in what, 22 games? I think that's – is that how much he played, Sam? 
Um, looking at this guy, you just see a freak athlete. I mean, he's six four, ran a four three three, had them. You know, he was the strongest wide receiver in the draft. I mean, his his talent is impeccable. Looking at him, you know, yeah, he started out pretty slow the first of the season, as Sam was, you know, kind of emphasizing on his injuries coming into it. I'm not scared of that. I think really good skilled wide receivers always have some sort of injury. His injuries were a little more severe going into it, but at the same time, this guy, man, he he gets to he gets to catch passes from one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, you know, and he worked with Russell all offseason, all offseason. And you know they're out there practicing throwing those jump balls in the end zone, putting it to where DK can catch it. Um I say grab him quick in my opinion. I'm looking at him as he's probably a. I have him as probably mid tier wide receiver two, and I think he's his possibilities this season it is endless. Um, when I look at him and I see production value, I could see him being a very close similarity to Megatron. Man, I love it. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, his upside is is crazy. I mean, you just don't get guys that are six three two thirty with forty inch verticals running like he does and. Over the last nine games, uh, actually ten games if you include the two playoff games, he averaged uh, close to seven targets a game and 72 yards uh, per game. He was 14th in the league in red zone targets but was very was not very efficient. And Russell has proven in the past that he's a very efficient red zone quarterback. And, I mean, just in theory, I mean, he he's the perfect red zone target. So I think those numbers even go up, and I think he gets more efficient. I mean, his touchdown – upside is huge I, I mean I think he could very easily surpass 10 touchdowns if he plays uh, every game this year and he's definitely a guy in the in the fifth round that can be a league winner for you and, and these are the types of guys that I'm looking for in the fifth round to to really explode and you know you maybe draft him as your wide receiver two or three but can be a, another wide receiver one on your team another thing I want to mention um, before I pass it off to the running backs um, his catch percentage was only 51% over the first eight games. He, him and Russell just weren't clicking, but that went up to 63% over the last 10. Um, his route tree was limited, but the offensive coordinator has has definitely mentioned that they, they think they're going to be able to get him more evolved and run a more diverse route tree, and I think that only helps uh, his upside this year. Yeah, I mean, we talked about wide receivers here and didn't even mention the wide receiver that finished, wide receiver 13 last year, and, and Tyler Lockett. Um, Lockett saw 110 targets last year and caught 82 of those passes. I mean, super efficient with Russell. He put up 1,057 yards and eight touchdowns. And I know this this is a run-heavy team, but this year I think it's going to be a little bit of a different tune. I think Russell is going to probably throw the ball more than he has in his career. I think people are starting to really realize the talent there. With his arm, um, both of these receivers are just super intriguing both of them are going to finish in the top 25, in my opinion. And I, I agree with Sam. I, I think DK is, is going to be on the 10 to 14 touchdown type of guy. And, and it's going to get drafted in the fifth round and could easily, I, I agree, win a league. So um, that's all I really had to say. I don't, I don't think there's any other receivers on this team that, that bring any fantasy value other than um, Metcalf and Lock, Lockett. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. I'm not, I'm not even, even in deeper leagues. None of these guys are on my radar going in besides – Besides Lockett and Metcalf, Pence, um, I do agree with you that with with the health concerns in their backfield, and with Russell being so damn good over the last few years, um, I think this team does throw the ball more this year. I know that's not what Brian Schottemeyer likes to do, but I think they definitely do it. So, Lise, I mean, how do you? What's Russ's upside this year, man? First word for Russell Wilson is consistent. Let's just be honest there. I can sit here and try to sell you, sell Wilson to you, but um, I'll just back up his ADP with some numbers, and if you guys have some opinions, feel free to feel free to jump in. I have him ranked as my QB four. Uh, I think the top ha- the top load of the quarterbacks this year is are really heavy, really good, and are going to put some points up. I think he comes in at QB four. With upside of, you know, two to three and possibly one, I, I, I don't think he ends up as one, but, I mean, it's there. Um, the reason I don't think he ends up as one is kind of going back to what Sam says in terms of uh, just not throwing the ball enough. And, and honestly, the Seattle does have a running back by committee. Uh, one of the big things there to me is who's the running back behind him. Um, a couple more stats on Russell Wilson. 
2019 true passer rating was 110.9, which is fourth best in the league. Uh, four times in the past five years, he's thrown at least 31 touchdowns, despite finishing in the top 10 in pass attempts just once in those five seasons. Um, that goes back to just being efficient. Um, another couple of stats finished top five four years out of eight. That's 50%, um, only outside of the top 10 twice in eight years. Um, and he's never missed a game. Um, so Russell Wilson, as always, is going to be is going to be the guy there. I'm seeing him throw for roughly 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and sub nine interceptions. I I don't know if he does hit that 4,000 yards mark this year, but he also may just due to the fact that um, I think um, Schottenheimer and them do want to let Russell Wilson cook this year, and I, I can see that happening. You tack on to the three to 300 yards rushing with three touchdowns or more, um, he's going to put up points. Um, every year he's consistent, barring, an inter- barring any injuries. I don't see why he doesn't produce this year. And overall, I'm pretty excited. He'll be, he's on my target list. I did have a quick question. Um, one big factor into Russell Wilson's game it, it is the running back behind him. Roy, I have a quick question in terms of, uh, you know, who's going who's gonna to be behind Russell Wilson? Uh, Car- Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, Rashad Penny. Yes, Chris Carson is the number one at the moment, but you have to worry about injuries. Um, what do you think there? Well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say I do agree with you guys. Uh, we all seen what Russell Wilson can do, and I'm not sure why they haven't opened it up for him yet. Uh, you got DK and 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 Lockett out there. It's crazy. But uh, Chris Carson coming back from a hip injury that obviously sidelined him for the remainder of the year last year, late in the year. Uh, and you also had Penny who tore his ACL, and they're looking at leaning toward starting him on the pup. And so you're talking about him missing the first six games automatically. Um, he did only have 65 record points last year. So, Schottenheimer and, and Carroll really wanted to lean more toward Carson, which deservingly so. He's a punisher as a runner, and he's going to he's gonna dish it out and, and tear defenses down, man. Um, Carson's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and he's totaled nine touchdowns in both of those years. So, I think with the opportunity coming back, it's his team to run. I think they're probably going to ease him back the first and second week you know, with Carlos Hyde, there's no reason to sit here and rush him back. But I've also seen a lot of reports saying they believe he's ready to go. So, with that being said, I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna toss Carson out there and they're gonna let him rock and roll. His ADP is at 34 right now, and if I'm drafting and he's there in the third round, late second, and I'm not gonna get the chance to snake him, then yeah, I'm taking him, man. He's a he's a good RB two. He's gonna be consistent. And the big thing about him that I really like is you've seen his targets double the, from the year, the second year to year three, his targets have doubled. So they're trusting him a little bit more to catch the ball out there. Now, don't get me wrong. He had 40 targets. Are they going to throw him the ball 80 times? Most likely not, but they're trusting him more and more with his workload and what he can do. Penny, I really don't see him as a big factor. He had two good games last year. I don't see him as a factor coming in and eating into any carries. And the same with Hyde. He's already come out and he's confirmed. He knows Carson is the starter. But I think Hyde's a great backup. The man ran for 1,000 yards quietly last year, had his best year. And I think if he has the opportunity, whether Carson go down or they want to ease Carson in, he could carve himself out a role coming into this backfield. And I don't think anybody else in there, the young rookie in DJ Dallas or the second-year guy, Travis Homer, have much of anything. To me, it looks like a uh, Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson backfield with Carson leading the way out here. Man, and I'll tell you what, you, you said you said Carson, uh, Carlos Hyde came in softly last year. I mean, watching that man run, he still had a lot of strength behind his, his, his thighs, man. Absolutely. It was, it was fantastic still watching him run like that. Absolutely. And I and I think he can. And I, I really do, me personally, I actually like some of the additions they added in. Uh I know they lost Disley to an injury and they added uh they added uh out of Carolina Greg Olson. I like what those guys can do. Um how much do the, do you think those guys eat into the passing game and the play action game there, Sam. Man, I, you know, Disley has been very, very good with Russell when he's been on the field. 
The only thing that concerns me is he was a very poor athlete at the combine, and his rookie season is he tore his patellar tendon, and then last year he tore his Achilles. So you take a bad athlete that has had two major surgeries on both legs. I just don't know if he's going to be the same player. Um, and then Greg Olson, man, he's he's 35 years old. He's a shell of himself. He he's really dealt a lot of injuries. I'm it's not these are not tight ends that I'm looking to target. But I'm definitely going to keep an eye on them for the first two to four weeks and see if one emerges and see if one of them's getting consistent targets because Russ has shown even if you're not the greatest player, I mean, if, if he's giving you six, seven targets a game, you know, you're going to put up numbers. So, I, I mean, I, I definitely think they're, they're tight ends to keep an eye on, but not guys that I'm targeting right now. But let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and switch this over to the Cardinals. So, at least last year uh, was Cliff Kingsbury's first year as a head coach. Um, he showed that he can – Definitely have a a good offense and one that can produce some fantasy players. Um, how are you feeling the Cardinals this year? Do you like do you like what they um, this offense brings to the table? Yeah, I actually do. I wasn't huge on the Cardinals offense last year, just being with a newer head coach, rookie run, uh, quarterback. Um, but this year, I'm really I'm really on top of them. I have multiple of uh, their head players really kind of leading some of the stats as well as just really being a focal point of their offense. Um, a couple stats on their offense in general, they run an air raid offense, and with Hopkins, I think they should be throwing even more. Uh, Cliff is one of the young offensive minds with potential to shape the NFL and fantasy football world moving forward. Uh, Arizona scored on 38.8% of the drives last year. Uh, that's ninth highest. Um, but on 21.3%, only ended in touchdowns. That's 20th in the league. Um, so besides working on their O-line this year, adding Josh Jones, um, and, and really just working the guys together. I believe red zone scoring is the biggest area for upgrade this year. Um, but overall, I think they produce, and I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing what their offense does this year. Speaking on that, Solis, the one thing I like about that airway, man, is those guys are going to go, and they're going to go quick, and they're going to sling it. Uh, they had the fourth fastest tempo in the league last year, man. And I think, to me, the comparison when I see Kyler Murray is I see a younger Russell Wilson and the guy can sling the ball, man. They're, they're, they're going to make some big changes out there and they're going to, they added a big addition. Sam, how do you feel about that addition and how much change does Nuke Hopkins make out there? Man, I, um, I don't know why y'all got to set this up for me. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just rubbing it in with Hopkins, but Oh, man, I, I love Hopkins. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get Sam into his feelings real quick. Come on now. Um, and I love Hopkins. Um, I, I've been saying for the last three years that he's the best receiver in the, in the, in the NFL, and I still believe that. I'm, I'm upset that uh, the Texans traded him. But um, with still being a fan of him, I'm a little skeptical about his, um, his role in this offense. I mean, I definitely think he sees – a ton of targets. Don't get me wrong. This is a team that wants to throw the ball a lot, um, but they weren't very efficient last year. They were only 18th in passing attempts. Um, I think what they want to do is getting the ball out quick, and I just don't think Hopkins excels at that. He's a better uh, route runner and possession receiver. I don't think getting him the ball quick is his best attribute. I mean, I think he can. He's definitely going to get the receptions, um, but I've, I've looked at his numbers and his. Um, his yards per catch has been going down over the last three years. His targets have been going down. He's still an elite receiver, but I, I don't I don't think he puts up the same yards that he's been putting up with Deshaun. I mean, I, I still like him, but I don't – he's behind Godwin, Tyreek, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas uh, for me, and I even think a couple guys like Allen Robinson or Galladay or Thielen could finish above him in fantasy. I think he's, a, he's wide receiver six or seven for me. Um, so I'm a little more skeptical on him than other people, but I, I still like him overall. What I think about that, man, is uh, I really like what he opens up for Fitzgerald, old Larry Legend, right? Now, I know Larry Legend is out there. Uh, he's, what, 36 now, man, and it's tough, but it kind of goes back to what you said. What they like to do is get rid of the ball quick, and I think Hopkins – gives you that number one that they didn't have last year, you know, and that attention now has to go to Hopkins because to me, he's one of the best in the league. And I think everybody can agree, if not the best in the league. And I think if you got Larry in the slot underneath, I think he's going to get a little bit more love as that attention rolls towards Hopkins way. 
as far as the rest of the receivers they have over there, there's not a whole lot. You know, if you go back and look last year, uh, Kirk really had one good week out of where everything came from. Three of his touchdowns all came in the same week. Larry started hot and then cooled off after the first three weeks. One of my favorites coming back this year and one of my favorites coming out of the draft last year was Hakeem Butler. I think the guy I, – I saw someone who could have been a Megatron, Calvin Johnson-type guy. Now, does that necessarily translate from college to the NFL? Maybe not. I think he can be there, and I think he's going to earn back the trust of that coaching staff this year. Now, he's fighting, and he's buried under the depth chart after an injury that put him on IR. But I think that's a guy who can come up and be somewhat in the future – I wouldn't look to draft him unless you're in a far deeper league. But I think that receiving core has something going on for him next year. And I think it's really going to elevate Murray. What are y'all, what are y'all's thoughts on as far as what Murray can do right now? His ADP is 53. Do you think that hype's going to be met with Cliff Kingsbury's offense and in the addition of uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Man, I'm going to tell you something right now. I think you're sleeping on Christian Kirk. I, I think that man I, I, I think that man is probably going to be one of the most versatile weapons for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is, has proven himself to be able to throw the ball incredibly well. Um, you look at him with at, at Oklahoma, and then you see him watch him come into this league, and, man, this guy – I, I just can't see how, with that wide receiver core, how he has a bad season. And, yes, we've been talking about how their offensive line isn't isn't the greatest. I mean, their pass blocking, somebody can back me up with some facts here, but their, their pass blocking is horrible. I'm, <laughs> I mean, but, but Kyler's got wheels. He finished second behind Lamar Jackson in, in rushing um, as, at the quarterback position. This kid, this kid is impeccable out of the pocket. He's he's really good in the pocket. You got a wide receiver in Hopkins that will has great football IQ. You got Larry Fitzgerald who has great football IQ. Christian Kirk's coming up, man. I I, I just see an endless realm of possibilities with this guy. And on in my scale, I'm I'm keeping Patrick Mahomes this year, so I don't really have the pick to take Kyler Murray. But man, he he's he's quarterback number five for me. I mean, hands down, easy slide in there, number five. Yeah, uh, real quick, I agree. I've got him as my QB5 as well. Um, Pence, I have a question for you. I know you're a big fan of Drake. You were last year. You are this year. Uh, where is he on your board, and how do you see him panning out this season in terms of fantasy value? Yeah, so I, I really like Kenyon Drake. I think he was just super underutilized whenever he was at Miami. Uh, he's He wasn't ran into the ground at Alabama, so he's still got a lot of steam left. Um, he's a great receiving back. I think that needs – you have to be a great receiving back in that Kingsbury offense. Um, he got traded halfway through the season. Man, he – he. I can see – I have him ranked at RB7, um, but I think he could potentially end around – I think he, he could potentially end at 5 to 7. Um, I think he gets 230 carries and probably puts up close to 1,000 to 1,100 yards, but – I can see him potentially catching 60-plus passes. And if he's sitting there in the middle to late second round, I'm going to jump all over him. It's just a super talented guy in that offense. And, and Kingsbury uses his running backs. Um, even if he is an air first, uh, he, they still get lots of carries. But I will say, if Drake goes down, or if there's any problem with Drake, Edmonds is a must-pickup for this team. Because like I said, the running backs have so much value for this team. And no matter who's back there, you, you pretty much have to start one of the Cardinals running backs. I agree with you on that. I think wh- where did did Edmonds go? Did did he just come to the Cardinals, or was he there when he was backing up David Johnson? Yeah, and, and now you know Kenyon Drake came ha- halfway through the season, so I mean he's still he was still learning the scheme. I know they don't have a full preseason this year, but he had all summer to learn more about the offense. Yeah, so, he he came in with fresh legs too. I mean, you know, they weren't they weren't doing much in Miami. So when he came over, he was the the lightning strike for the Cardinals. I would kind of say, it kind I think it picked up the momentum on the offensive side for the Cardinals for sure. I mean, you saw Kyler kind of pick up his head, start throwing the ball, 
Kenny Drake started opening up holes for him. Yeah, I'm right there with you. A couple more stats on Kenny Drake. 4.8 yard career per rush attempt. Um, in the last year, he faced stacked boxes only 8.8% of the time, which was fifth lowest. While David Johnson was running the ball, he was second. Um, so I, I think we see that a, a repeat of that with Kenny Drake this year. Um, that's some good stuff on uh, Kenny Drake um, and the Cardinals overall. Um, I think it's time uh, that we jump over to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Sam, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here with Jimmy G. I know we've had some conversations. Um, I don't think too many of us are extremely high on him, um, but I did want to get your opinion. I've got, he finished 13th overall last year in QB fan. Q, 13th overall QB in fantasy last year. Do you think he builds on that or regresses some? Yeah, I think he definitely regresses. I mean, he San Francisco threw the ball either the least amount last year or the second least. Um, he was crazy efficient, but Debo was hurt. Bang, he was banged up coming into the season. They lose Emmanuel Sanders. I, I mean, I just don't. This is a team that likes to run the ball first. This is what Shanahan wants to do, and their defense is still elite. They still have an elite offensive line. They added Trent Williams in the offseason. They're going to be able to run the ball a lot. I don't see this team throwing the ball any more than they did last year. I just don't see the upside for Jimmy Garoppolo uh, this year, Solis. But um, he's definitely someone I'm going to be able to, you know, I'm going to look at in, in, in daily fantasy and be a streaming option. Uh, he's just not a target that I'm looking for as a quarterback. I like a little more upside once you get out of the top 15. I just don't think he offers that at all. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, a couple of notes on him. Uh, the positives going for him are his uh, YPA yards per attempt. Um, he was uh, led the NFL in 2017, but didn't qualify due to 178 attempts. 2018, Nick Mullins was fifth. 2019, um, Jimmy was third. So that does fall on Shanahan's offense, um, as well as the skill players around him. Debo, great at yak. Kittle, great at yak. Running back, same. Um, so once they get Samuels back, I think that um, it'll ele elevate Jimmy a little bit more. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm right there with you. He's a streaming option for me as well. Yeah, for sure. So last year, this backfield combined put up over 2,300 yards. They averaged 4.6 yards per carry, which is just ridiculous numbers. And like I said, I, I believe they repeat this this year. Pence, let's take a look at this backfield, man. Who's standing out for you right now? So me and uh, Sam has actually had a co couple conversations about this already. Um, I like Mozart this year. Uh, they got He got the deal done that he wanted. Um, he's the clear-cut number one for me. Um, last year, he only rushed the ball 137 times, but he averaged 5.6 yards a carry and ended with 772 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. Just to put that into perspective, if he carried the ball 230 times, he would have rushed for 1,288 yards in somewhere around the 13 to 14 touchdown range, which has ended that would end him in the top 10. Another thing to note, Brita last year, robbed 123 rushing attempts. He's no longer on that team. He is now with the Miami Dolphins. But with the two-headed monster that they had, Coleman also had 137 carries last year, who, who is still on the team. But they paid Mozart. Uh, McKinnon does come back, but there, there's going to have to be a major injury for McKinnon to really have a difference. But I think Mozart leads the team this year, and I, I really do believe that he gets over 200 carries. I mean, even if him and Coleman were to split that 130, uh, 123 carries, that that puts Mozart almost at 200 carries, anyways. I think he touches the ball 220 times. But you are right; they don't. He won't see much in the passing game. He's uh, pretty similar to what you're going to get from Chubb, but possibly a couple more touchdowns. But uh, Sam, what, what do you got against that? Because uh, you know, me and you have been going back and forth. Yeah, man. I. It, it sucks because when I watched Mosher last year, he looked so good. And Shanahan and this scheme, you know, with Kubiak and even McVay, they've produced touchdowns. I mean, they've produced running backs for the last 20 years. I mean, it's what they do. I mean, Arian Foster, Devontae Freeman. Um, what was the dude in, in uh, with Baltimore that um, completely went off that year out, out of nowhere? Um, Alex Collins? Gus, Gus Edwards? No, I anyway. I think he's talking about Alex Collins, right? No. No, you the, the, you had him in fantasy that year. Roy, he caught like 80 passes, man. He went crazy. Little, little, little bitty guy. Ray Rice. Ray Rice. <laughs> not, not lefty Ray Rice. <laughs> but anyways, the, the, this this team, I mean, this, this system consistently produces running backs at a crazy level, so – I, I want to buy all into Mostert, but man, there's some there's some numbers here that just that really scare me off of him. 
over the last uh, nine games when he was really going off, he only had three games over 12 carries. One of those was 14 carries, and the other one was in a game versus Baltimore where they had like three inches of rain and the teams were forced to, to run the ball at a ridiculous rate. I just didn't see any commitment from from Shanahan to Mostert down the stretch. Um, I mean, he, he did average a ridiculous six yards per carry if you include the playoffs. So if he can get the touches, man, he's going to he's gonna put up elite yardage. But he only got five carries inside the opponent's five last year, which is 36 in the league. They completely split up their third down roll last year. So I don't see any receiving upside. I think his touchdown numbers regress from last year. Um, I mean, if he gets the carries, he's, he, he could be a, a league winner. He could be a, a huge upside guy. I mean, this is a guy that could be getting picked in the second round next year if everything goes well for him. But you don't pay this type of money to McKinnon and not use him at all. Uh, Shanahan found a way to get three running backs involved last year, and I think they do the same thing this year. My only my only worry with McKinnon is uh, I saw a couple of reports saying he still wasn't cutting. So I kind of lean a little bit with Pence on that as far as I think it may be a two-headed monster until they paid the man, and I think they're going to use the man. I think it's a two-headed monster backfield until they feel safe about him coming back. It, to, to go back, the, the running back for Baltimore, Justin Forsett, he completely came out of nowhere and, oh, yeah. and just went went off. It's the same system, man. These, this system produces running backs out of nowhere like crazy. I mean, like I said, Mostert is going to be a league winner this year uh, where he's getting picked at if he can get 220, 230 carries. Yeah, and we've and we've seen Tevin Coleman take care of the backup role when he was out there in the Falcons with Devontae Freeman. When he went down, he was able to pick up the workload pretty smoothly. Last year, a little different um, for Tevin Coleman being in a new system and everything like that. And didn't he? When did he get hurt? Do you remember what week that was? Man, they 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 all missed uh, yeah, a bunch they, of time over the year. They're all down um, at some point, but I agree with you. I think Mostert's is a ready to go. Yeah, he's an interesting pick. I, I, I will own stock in him this year. I think he's worth the risk. Um, and there really isn't. As much risk. I think, um, what's his ADP? What do you have at his AP? It's like 50. He, he's mid-50s right now. Mid-50s. I he, mean. What, what, once you get into the That's six, your RB3. Yeah. I mean, that's RB3 area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he definitely has crazy upside, but, I mean, his floor is low. I mean, if, if he only gets 170 carries like he did last year, I think the yards per carry regress a little bit. I think the touchdowns regress. And I don't see the receiving upside. So, he's a boomer bust guy, but. You know, if, if you go wide receiver heavy and even pick one of those elite tight ends in the first round and you're looking for a guy that can win your league, man, Mostert's got to look at it into the fifth, um, early sixth. But So for receivers, this team definitely revolved around Debo and Sanders last year. They're, they're losing Sanders. Rory, I mean, how do you like Debo this year? I know he's projected to miss upward, you know, up to two to four weeks this year, but what do you think his upside is when he gets back on the field? For me, I think the – toughest aspect there is when does he get back on the field you're talking about that jones fracture uh and looking into some of that it looks like it's that outside fifth metatarsal that pinky to that heel bone and one of the things that debo samuel does best is make those cuts and go i mean i don't think there's any denying it's one of the most electric guys with the ball in his hands uh for me he's got the adp of 89 so right there between the end of the eight to the nine, it just – they say three to four months, and they're talking about possibly three to four games. It scares me that he could miss six up to some more. You know, you have a team that relies heavily on the run. I don't think they're going to go away from that. It's what Shanahan likes to do. It's what he did in Atlanta. Uh, it's what they did in Washington. It's, it's what he's going to stick to. He scares me with that. I don't think I would take him any higher because I'm not sure that the reward outweighs the risk. I think he could be on the shelf as quick as he came back, and if they're winning games early on, I think they slow it down and they, they slow him down and they ease him in there. So if I'm taking Debo, which I love Debo, I have him on multiple teams, but if I'm taking Debo, I'm making sure I'm set at the wide receiver position and he's a luxury more than he is a – uh, accountability player for me. Yeah, I agree, Roy. And um, one thing I will add with Debo, last year he he rushed for 160 yards, and during like the last six games, he was averaging almost 30 yards rushing. They 
Shanahan really found a way to get him involved with a lot of quick tosses and um, reverses and stuff, and that that does add some value. I mean, if if he could put up another 200 yards on the ground, that that definitely adds to his receiver totals. Um, do you is there anyone else here, Rory, that you're interested in besides Debo? I mean, do you think there's any receiver that could step up in his absence and and lead the team, the wide receivers and targets? With the wide receivers, I think the most with Sanders gone, I I think it's Brandon Ayuk. Uh, what he does, he's an electric guy with the ball in his hands. He's a home run hitter. He is a deep ball threat, but he's just as well as get him on a screen, get him on a slant, and he can take it to the house. I think he's the same. I don't want to say he's the same player as Debo. Don't get me wrong, but he's a similar player to Debo is. And I think he can come in. Does he have that production that Debo Samuel had last year? Maybe not. But uh, I believe Debo finished at 31 at, at the wide receiver position. I can see Ayuk being a guy who is around a top 40 player for sure at the wide receiver position, if not higher. So I do like what he brings to it. There isn't anybody else as far as is born. He's the other guy. And uh, I've seen Pettis is on the way out. The other two with Hurd and Taylor, I'm not a big fan. I think it's Ayuk. And then other than that, the guy that they're going to lean on heavy is George Kittle. Big you time. Know, he is he, – He's a stud, and I think all of us know that guy can – I think he finished two behind Travis Kelsey. He is one of the few in that tight end position that is the top tier, and he is a league winner. I don't think anybody has anything on, on, on to disagree. Uh, Pinks, you got anything to add with that? I mean, that's to me, that's their number one lean-on guy right now with, with Debo gone for sure. No, I mean that that's that's your number one target for the San Fran offense when it comes to fantasy value. I mean, Kittle's going to getting taken in the second round, middle to late second round. If he's sitting there at 9, you know, in the second round, I mean, he's probably going to get picked by your boy Pence over here. Uh I love Kittle. I mean, I I think he's honestly more he's more talented to me than Kelsey. I think he brings like I think he's a better blocker. He honestly, he's faster. I know that for a fact, and he is great after the catch. But Kelsey, I mean, I can't take away from Kelsey. They're the best. They're the one-two punch. Uh, it can go either way. But I mean, I really like Kittle, and I'll be all over him if I can get him. Yeah, I, I definitely do too. I mean, this guy's averaging the last two years. He's he's on a per game basis. He's averaging over 130 targets per year. Um, he's he's damn near a lock to to catch 90 passes and 1,200 yards if he's on the field. Um, all 16 games. One thing I will note is he hadn't had very high touchdown totals, which is a little surprising to me because he is such a, a crazy weapon and he is such a good red zone weapon, but they really don't use him much in the red zone. So I don't see a high upside in touchdowns, but in PPR leagues with that high reception and in, in, um, in yards, I just, like Penn said, he's a league winner. He's definitely a guy that I'm going to be targeting um, to get an elite tight end is such an advantage. And into second, especially if makes in the third, I mean, just grab him. And your team may not look as good if you're trying to load up on those running backs and, and tight end. I mean, and uh, wide receivers, but just take the elite uh, tight end. And, and, you know, you can find really good values at receiver in the later rounds. So that's going to wrap it up for our um, our deep dive into the NFC West. We're going to get into a few sleepers that uh, each of us like early on in the in the offseason. Uh, Pence, why don't you start us off with with your sleeper? My first sleeper is going to be Hayden Hurst. Uh, I am all in on Hayden Hurst this year, and I'm just going to give you a couple uh, small stats, and then we'll move on to the next one. Um, so Hayden Hurst got traded to the Falcons uh, for a second round. Hooper is no longer on the team, but Hooper is vacating 97 targets and caught 75 passes for 787 yards and six touchdowns, and he only played 13 games, guys. 13 games. Even if Hurst regresses even a tiny bit, that still finishes like tight end six. I expect him to come in and get that many targets or possibly even more. Uh, he's a more talented tight end. Uh, he's more athletic. And right now, the ADP for Hurst is a 10th rounder. Guys, come on. 10th round for a guy that could, is probably going to finish in the top six. Between him and Ertz and uh, Waller, I mean, those guys are kind of tossed up in that area. I really like I really like him, and I think he should be talked about closer to like the seventh round. So I have him like three rounds higher than what the ADP says. I will say, in all, in this off season with COVID, 
um, with the limited training camp. It does scare me a little bit because tight ends can take a little longer to get involved in the offense. I mean, there's a lot of blocking schemes that they have to learn before they're um, allowed to get on the field. But, man, this team is going to throw the ball a ton. They led the league in, in, in passing last year, and they're going to do the same thing this is, this year. It's what Dirk Cutter likes to do. Um, you know, like I said, they're, they're, looting, they're losing uh, – They lost Hooper. They're, they're losing Hooper, but – they're 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 gonna throw the ball a ton. This is um this is definitely a guy that um I'm I'm a little lower on because I, I don't think he just automatically just comes in and replaces Hooper, but the targets are there and, and you don't give up a second round pick for a guy unless you really believe in him. Yeah, I agree. And um that's we'll we'll kinda of finish it off there. I'm a big fan of Hayden Hurst. So Lise, who do you got for your sleeper? Yeah, today I want to speak about Anthony Miller. Um, I've never been a huge fan of the Bears receivers. Um, I do love Allen Robinson, but he's going where he should go. Anthony Miller right now is wide receiver 45. Um, last year he finished at 56. His ADP is 133. I mean, that puts him in the 13th round in a 10-person league. I personally believe he has a lot of upside. Um, if I'm expecting Nick Foles to win that job, Nick Foles loves the slot. Nick Foles is a better passer than Mitchell Trubisky is. Um, as it's well, not, That's not saying much. <laughs> You're right. Um, I, I will say one thing going against him is the Bears' defense should kind of bounce back. They weren't as good as they were last year, so they might not be thrown um, from behind so much. But overall, I, I love Anthony Miller this year. I think he's a clear number two. Um, one big perk, Bears' schedule for receivers is ranked as the easiest in the league this year. Um, that should be good for him. And then a couple stats on him, 70% 70, 70 of snaps in, in 11 games total. He was injured a little bit. 7.5 targets, 4.7 receptions, 65 yards per game, all averages. They're only going to grow with Nick Foles. Um, that's what I got on Anthony Miller. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on. I'll actually add to that. Uh, I actually drafted Anthony Miller last year. I had him as a, as a breakout guy last year, but Trubisky was just possibly the worst quarterback I'd ever seen play. And uh, that's coming from a guy that, that watches a lot of QBs. Um, I thought you were about to say that it come from a guy that was a terrible quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're taking shots now. <laughs> I was about um, to say. But it, I you mean, still it, spiking balls into the ground hey. fence? Yeah, 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 yeah. Trubisky was awful. Foles is, is not crazy amount better, but I do like Anthony Miller. Uh, and he could. he's definitely wide receiver too. I mean, Gabriel's gone. So I like his upside, and he could he could easily be a 900-yard receiver and, and – He's good. I mean, he was, uh, a, he, I think, what was he, a second or third round draft pick? He was a second round pick. Second round pick. I mean, the guy's talented. It's just getting a quarterback that can actually throw the freaking ball to him. I remember last year when you when you just, you could not make up your mind if you were going to start Anthony Miller that week. Oh, I was, mean, you were, it was, Mitchell Trubisky has to be the biggest bust besides Jamarcus Russell. I mean, the fact that they took this guy and they thought he could be a quarterback. I, over I, Mahomes, over Watson. Over Mahomes <laughs> Let, and over Watson. Let's go and jump into Roy. I know Roy has a good one for us. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, who do you got for us, Roy? Uh, at the quarterback position, <clears throat> it's not a deep sleeper, but I got a guy who I believe is a league winner in Kyler Murray. I know we discussed the Arizona Cardinals earlier with the NFC West. Kyler, Kyler threw for 20 touchdown passes and 3,700 yards last year, and his completion percentage was 64%. I think you add a true number one that they didn't have last year in DeAndre Hopkins, and I think you see him throw at least 30 touchdown passes. Uh, the threat with him running, he ran for 544 yards last year with four TDs. I think you can see something around the same repetitive with possibly more touchdowns, but I think you see a huge increase possibly up to – even 4,500 passing yards, I know you're saying, man, Roy, you're talking about adding 800 passing yards in the same amount of games. But you add a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, and the way that Kyler Murray, I, he, he throws one of the prettiest balls in the league. Uh, and, again, I'm going to go back and attest to the fourth highest tempo. Those guys are going to go, go, go on offense, okay? They're going to roll. They're going to run plays. They're going to they're gonna put the ball in Kyler Murray's hands, and he's going to make moves with it. I think you're talking about a guy who could possibly be a Lamar Jackson guy. Right now he's being drafted in the fifth round at number 53. Um, I'm usually not huge on taking quarterbacks very early, and I never have been. But I think if he's a guy that you really want and you think he may not be there at that 53, 
and you want him, I think you need to take him because I think this is a guy who can set you apart in the league. If anybody's got any disagreements on that, I'd love to hear. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I feel you. I was I was sitting over here thinking about how good Kyler Murray's going to be this year. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted ball. to him. That's a fucking ball, man. There's there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and I feel I feel really good about what he can do. Sam, who do you got for us this year, man? Who's your sleeper that that guys uh, possibly could be a league winner for you? So I mean, this guy's not a, a super deep sleeper either, but it's Michael Gallup for me, man. I mean, right now he's going off as wide receiver thirty three, but listen to these stats, and it just it really just doesn't make sense to me how he's going off as wide receiver thirty three. I think people are a little scared of of CD coming in, but uh, I mean, let's just look at some of these stats. He finished last year as wide receiver twenty two while missing three games. Uh, the Cowboys threw it 11th, 11th most last year, and now they're handing the reins to Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has always thrown the ball a lot, and I think he's going to throw the ball a ton with them. Last year he was on pace for 140 targets. Um, he's averaged uh, over 15 yards per catch over the, over both of his first two years. Um, if, if he gets 140 targets again this year, even not being the most efficient receiver, um, I mean, he's, he still catches – 80 90 balls and if he can maintain that 15 yards per catch i mean we're talking about serious yardage right here uh he's a third year receiver which is a huge breakout year for wide receivers uh, like i mentioned his efficiency hasn't been the best it has improved over the first uh two years first year is actually under 50 percent um he's he only caught he caught less than 50 percent of his balls which is terrible last year he got that up to 58 percent struggled with some drops but i think he continues to improve as with his third year with dak um, the last thing, he, he has the fifth easiest wide receiver schedule this year. I think he's a crazy still at wide receiver 33. He's a guy I'm targeting in like the sixth round. And I think he's another guy that could be a league winner, especially if CD um, or, or Amari goes down. People are scared that CD is going to come in and just take over a huge volume. But Randall Cobb was, la- was there last year in the slot, and he had a lot of targets. And Gallup and Amari were still able to thrive. Um with 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 them throwing the ball more this year, don't be scared of CD. Take Gallup, and if CD or Amari goes down, Gallup could be a borderline wide receiver one for you. Sticking with the Cowboys wide receivers and 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 Pence, you can you can interrupt me on this because I mean Sam just went solely Gallup, and I know you're a big Cowboys fan. I mean that ain't that ain't surprising to anybody. Um, no, I'm going I'm going CD Lamb for my sleeper. I think this kid, you know, he reminds a lot of people of Ocho Cinco. Um, I, I mean, I liked him at Oklahoma. I think he proved his, his point at being such a star wide receiver. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, Cooper, Cooper gets hurt every now and then Gallup had some dropping problems, man. I, I just, I think CD comes out. He's a reliable target. He, he's reliable. I mean, I mean, there's not much more to elaborate on that. He, he can go be Dak's consistent guy and I don't know where they're going to play him are they are they are they intending on putting him in the slot are they what, what are you thinking Pence where uh, um, are they at with right that? now with the Cowboys they don't really have like a set position I think um all three receivers can play um at all three positions but the, um yeah. CD and, and and Cooper are going to probably be in and out of the slot um I don't really like Gallup in the slot that much he's more of just a straight X receiver but and you're going to see him move all around a lot yeah and that's and that that's where I see kind of feeding off of Sam's topic I, I see Gallup kind of the deep threat if he can get his hands kind of stable where he's not dropping as many and Dak gets more confidence in throwing the deeper balls to Gallup well he's been super confident throwing the deep ball to Gallup he's and him and his timing has been great but it's just been he, he's dropped a couple passes I mean last year I'm pretty sure he dropped probably three or four touchdowns but um I agree yeah. no. I'm a big fan and and you know uh Randall Cobb vacates 88 targets so yeah, uh, I'll go. Uh, my second sleeper, guys, is uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, I'll be quick. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's pretty straight to the point. Tyler Boyd's getting picked at wide receiver 35 um, after finishing wide receiver 17 in 2018, and wide receiver 25 in 2019. Let's not forget that he's been playing with Andy Dalton. Um, just uh, not a good QB. Uh, still put up a lot of yards. Um, yes, I know Green is back, guys, but that is only going to help uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Burrow has a chance to throw the ball 600 times this year. I really believe that. Boyd, Boyd had 147 targets last year, and he caught 90 of them. Yeah, he only put up um, 1,046 yards. But, I mean, guys, 90 catches. He's a, he's a PPR monster. 
at his ADP, uh, he's going to finish in the top 25 if Burrow throws the ball 600 times, uh, and he's getting picked at 35. You're going to get a, an amazing wide receiver, too, in the 7th or 8th round is his ADP. So, come on. Be smart. Draft yourself some Tyler Boyd. Yeah. My second sleeper, David Johnson. Um, ADP is 42 right now. I see upside there. I have him as my 18th best running back, and that could climb. Um, the reason I see upside, uh, running back schedule ranked for Houston is uh, ninth best this year. And after six games of 19, I know he didn't produce the whole year, but after a certain six games, he was RB8. Um, the Texas O-line looks sharp. Uh, towards the end of the year, they've invested in it. While Duke Johnson will eat some carries, I mean, not carries, targets, DJ is very capable of handling all three downs if he gets a chance. Hyatt had 1,000 yards uh, behind the Texans O-line, and with them getting better, I think DJ is a better player. I, the only the only thing holding him from hitting that number is injuries. Um, and one more point, Hyde leaves 245 vacant carries. If DJ gets 220, 240, I think he hits 1,000 yards, 7 to 8 touchdowns. I see him as a, RB, a mid-tier RB2 with RB1 upside if he just – if he absolutely goes off. Um, let's see. That's good on my side. Rory, who do you got for a second sleeper? Pretty deep guy right now. He's going at 133 in the 11th round. Sterling Shepard. Been big on him coming out of Oklahoma. He kind of had to take over that number one role. Faced some uh, injuries last year with the foot and concussion issues. Uh, the concussions do worry me, and that's probably why he's going so low. But they don't have that true number one there. They have Tate and Darius Slate. He certainly Shepard was averaging in 10 games that he played last year. He had 83 targets. He's averaging eight targets a game. I think he's going to continue to get that. And if he does get that, I think you see him put up good wide receiver two numbers. uh, Or he's a very strong flex. So they're seventh in pass attempts last year. And there's 126 unaccounted targets. If he can stay healthy this year you're looking at a very solid player in the 11th round. And if you can steal him any earlier, then uh, I think he's going to be an absolute steal for some depth on your team. Yeah, no doubt about it. My my second sleeper is Joe Burrow. I mean, a lot of people are a little concerned because he's going to have a very short offseason to try to learn a new offense. But he proved last year that he can pick up an offense quick. I mean, it was his first year with um, Joe Brady. With, with It was the second year with Joe Brady. And, he, I mean, he just – he learned that offense so quick and just – he balled out. Since he threw the ball sixth most, sixth most last year under new head coach Zach Taylor, I think that continues or even goes up. Recently, rookie QBs have proven that they can succeed early in the NFL and put up good fantasy points. I mean, we've seen it with Baker. We've seen it with um, – you know, with other guys. Deshaun Watson came in really strong. Mahomes – it wasn't really his rookie season, but his first chance. He just came out and balled. So, I'm not scared of him being a rookie. I think he – you know, learns this offense pretty quickly and hits the ground running. Another thing that excites me about his upside is how much he runs the ball. This guy's a great athlete. I don't think people realize how much he can do with his legs. I mean, he's not a Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type runner, but he's definitely a an Aaron Rodgers type runner. And I think Tony Romo esque. Tony Romo. He's he's definitely he definitely looks just like a young Tony running around. But I think four to five hundred yards on the ground rushing and and. Thrown in four or five touchdowns, very reasonable this year for him, and that that definitely helps his upside. I mean, you see these guys that run the ball. I mean, like Kyler last year, he rushed for you know, five six hundred yards, and he didn't throw that much for that many yards or touchdowns. But he ended up, he ended up as wide receiver. I mean, as quarterback seven. And I think I think Burrow can can do a similar thing this year. Um, they have a terrible defense, which is going to force him to throw the ball a lot. He has great weapons with AJ Green on the outside. Um, you got Boyd working the slot, Ross as your deep threat. And their receivers kind of remind me of what he had at LSU last year. I mean, you got uh, A.J. Green as your Jamar Chase type receiver, and you got Boyd working the slot as your Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I just really like what he what he has to work with uh, coming into the year. He has the eighth easiest uh, quarterback schedule coming into the year. Um, he's going off as the 18th quarterback right now, but I definitely think he has top 10 upside in this, off- in this offense. All right, so I'm going to close this out with my last my, – or my second sleeper. We didn't really talk much about running backs in our sleeper, but that's basically because we're a PPR league. But I'm going to go DeAndre Swift. Love where this kid's at. I think, you know, the Lions haven't had a good running back for quite some time. I guess he's going to be backing up carry-on. Is that correct to say for, you know, the first couple of games? And I think after that, after they let him get a couple touches, I think he'll really establish himself. I, I see him going off. I don't see him becoming a running back one in the league, 
but I definitely see him as a pretty good running back too. I, I like the kid's talent. I loved it um, watching him come from Georgia. So I think that's all we got for you guys. We really appreciate y'all tuning in. We're going to ask y'all to uh, subscribe on, on the platform that you're listening on. We, we really enjoy doing this. We enjoy putting this together. We, I think we all have a pretty good time doing it. Just thank you for donating your time to listen to us. Hopefully we'll see you again next week. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.